Welcome to another episode of Square State Sandlot. Kyle Gilmore here, and as always, Mr. Bill Montoya is here to chat with me. We, uh, I mean, it's been an exciting <laughs> couple weeks, uh, but we do have a few things to talk about, NFL, MLB, um, mostly. MLB? But, yeah. Excited for that. Absolutely. But um, I guess we'll start dive right in into some uh, NFL talk. Obviously, free agency's running rampant right now. Um, I guess we'll (laughs) dive into one interesting story with the Deshaun Watson trade and obviously all the drama involved there. It leaves Baker Mayfield out in the cold for sure. Um, It's not a matter of when he gets traded. It's I think it's a matter of, um, you know, when as opposed to if so. What are your thoughts on Baker? See, and I think it's a a lot more likely of if because where his salary stands and as late as it is in the free agent market, I don't think there's a lot of teams with 18 million in on the books. To clarify my point, I guess I think uh, I was just going to say to clarify, I don't necessarily mean right now. I mean, he's out of Cleveland one way or another. I just think the more likely scenario is that he ends up getting cut because unless he's willing to rework that contract, I don't think many teams can add his salary that want him. Um, I think both Pittsburgh and Carolina said they would be interested, but they, they aren't interested in making a trade for him. They would have to sign him as a free agent. So I think, I don't know that he necessarily fits in Pittsburgh, I think Carolina is the more likely destination of those two. And I think he would actually be a pretty decent fit there in Carolina. But then you also have to look at, um, can a trade happen? And I don't think so. Because right now it's it's basically on Cleveland to say, we either want him or we don't, which they've already made clear that they don't. But you, you've got... Garoppolo in San Francisco, that's probably a better quarterback than Baker, and they can't find a trade partner for him. They've already said that they're looking at scenarios where he's going to be on the team. So I just don't see an open fit right now for him to be traded to. So if he gets cut, I think there's a lot more likelihood of him at least getting signed somewhere like Carolina or Pittsburgh and not necessarily having the job named as – as him being the starter day one. So, well, and that's, I think what really killed Baker was the places that I thought would maybe be willing to jump in and trade for him. Obviously those spots went really quickly. Um, Matt Ryan to Indianapolis was a big one. Um, And then honestly, with how quickly they went in on Mariota, I mean, we'll see where all that goes, but, um, or, you know, with Mariota in Atlanta, there's just not I, – I, I saw it earlier today that um, – and I cannot remember who it was. Somebody said that they guarantee Baker Mayfield will be a starter this season. Where? I don't know that I can agree with that because I don't know that many teams have even the open slot. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, unless a, unless for some reason you end up with like a – and it doesn't even make sense because for somebody to be willing to make that trade – there's nothing the Browns are looking for, I don't think. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me. But 
I just don't think he's going to start this season. Granted, it could be a Ryan Fitzpatrick type situation. Quarterback goes down. He gets a yep. phone call. I mean, there's a who knows, but um, that's exactly what I was going to yeah. say is the only thing that I the only way I think he ends up with the starting job is if someone gets hurt in OTAs or training camp and, and they have a need for quarterback all of a sudden. But the even then, I think that the conversation's going to be very uncomfortable for the for him and the Browns up until he's not on the team. So I think there's more of a pressing need to get him off the roster as we close in on training camp time. So I, I think the only other thing that could affect it maybe is if one of these teams up in the top part of the draft, if they are thinking quarterback and say a run happens and then they miss out on what maybe their plan is, maybe. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, I didn't think – I, I never thought Washington would go out go in on Carson Wentz the way they did. So, um, I mean, you know. That trade's know. looking worse every day. <laughs> it just – I, I I like Carson Wentz. I want to be in his corner, but I'm just like – Would you know. rather have Carson Wentz or would you rather have Baker Mayfield at this point in their career? Uh, this coming from a Steelers fan, I would honestly rather have Baker. Yeah, um, I think B Baker has a little more fight in him right now, and he's going to come out with something to prove. I think Wentz is to the point that he's going to be cashing out as much as he can before the career winds down. Yeah, and I know that's a horrible thing to say about somebody, but I honestly do believe that. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how how fast of a turnaround he had in his career. Um, MVP talk, man, and then just yeah. got hurt and been all downhill. Well, and you have, like I said, you still have Jimmy Garoppolo out there too. That's at Which least surprising. being mentioned as available. So I don't know if what to think with got, that. One. Yeah, had they not gotten Watson, then maybe I could see, you know, a Garoppolo Baker type trade thing. But obviously, with there's no way that that trade would happen now that they no. have uh, Deshaun Watson. So. Yeah, no, I don't know. I think he's in for a long wait. Yeah, and like you said, I think the thing that'll make something happen is once they go into training camp and and uh, it, it comes to that time where they're all in the same room. I think Baker's going to make it uncomfortable for the team and hope and in hopes that it will force their hand and, and get him out of town. So, um, yeah, that's the the more interesting thing to me is Garoppolo because I think he'll probably end up being San Francisco's starter on day one yep. just because they haven't found a trade partner, even though they had an offer for two first round or two second round picks out there already. So I think Sounds if that like was true, they would have taken it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of trades, the, the trade for the Raiders to get Devontae Adams it, it had some unintended consequences that I think Which the Raiders I think is are very a bigger impact. With. Yeah. So <laughs> it's crazy. I'm, since we last talked, Devontae got traded to the Raiders, uh, or I guess we'd already talked about that, but yeah, they made him the highest paid wide receiver on paper. And I do air quotes because those last two years are not guaranteed. And they're what bring the annual value up to 28.5 uh, because they average 40, million per year those last two seasons and um 
So what that made Tyreek Hill do is go to the Chiefs and say, I need to be paid more than him because I feel like I'm a better wide receiver than Devontae Adams, which I don't think is entirely true. I mean, Tyreek Hill has one thing that Devontae Adams does not have, and that's that blazing speed. But I think everything else that Devontae Adams does is better than what Tyreek Hill does. So you could argue based on stats that, Maybe Tyreek's up in that rarefied air of the Devontae Adams wide receiver type. But Kansas City basically said, we're not going to make you the highest paid wide receiver. And once they came to that impasse where the Chiefs are saying, no, we're not going to do it. And Tyreek saying, you better do it or I'm not going to play for you. Then at that point, they said, well, go ahead and find a trade and uh, we'll see what we can do. Miami and the Jets were both heavily involved, both made formal trade offers, and Tyreek chose uh, Miami of those two. I think Kansas City came out with five picks, if I remember right. Mm -hmm. I think a first and a second, and then first, another. second, and third, I think, this year. Oh, first, second, third, and then I think there's late round picks next year. So they're making out pretty well, but I also think Tyreek Hill is part of their explosive offense where his breakaway speed makes every team have to bracket him, which also makes Travis Kelsey more open and all the secondary players more open. So, Well, and I, we'll I agree with that completely. I've been going back and forth in my head whether or not I think this was a good move for Kansas City because part of me thinks it's an amazing move by that front office because you knew what he was going to want. I mean, well, it's not like he wasn't very clear on what he wanted, but you knew that it was coming. Um, yep. You basically, is it going to affect how competitive you are today? Absolutely. Um, but, I mean, they're getting draft picks. They can hopefully build for the future. Had you just paid Tyreek, now you're going to start looking elsewhere on the team on what do we have to get rid of. Yep. But the other side of it is, to your point, so they picked up Juju and everybody was thinking, okay, well, Tyreek, Juju, and Kelsey, this is a pretty good, you know, wide receiving core. And uh, what is it, Hardman? Is that the other? Yeah, I can't remember. Nicole yeah. Hardman. So, I mean, that's a pretty good top four receiving targets. Well, now, like you said, you remove Tyreek over the top and you're going to see Kelsey's numbers drop. You're going to see Juju's numbers not be what they could have been with a spread out defense. Um, yep. I think it's going to hurt them now, but it, in the long run, from a business standpoint, I think it was probably a very hard decision, but a smart one by them to, you know, I guess let him find somewhere to go. I'm yeah. still torn on it. Well, and to be fair, you, you never know the impact of the trade until after they make those draft picks and, and see how they pan out. I think for now, Miami probably won this trade just in terms of what they added to their offense. And we don't know what they would have taken with those picks. But the Chiefs did sign uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling to replace that deep ball threat. But he's obviously not Tyreek Hill. Um, I don't think Juju and Marquez are going to replace the impact of Tyreek because I don't think either of those guys required double coverage like Tyreek did. And like no, you said, that's everything. Yeah. And now you don't have, you don't have to play that two safeties on top every single play and, and give them things underneath. So oh, man, I just, he's going to be, uh, 
Patrick Mahomes is going to get blitzed so much more. Um, yeah. I mean, there's it's it's going to be a big change in Kansas City. Yeah. And, I mean, at the end of the day, they have Andy Reid and they have Patrick Mahomes, which I feel sure. like is why they said we're willing to make this trade because you can almost – as long as you have Patrick Mahomes, you can almost make any offense work with him and Andy Reid. So, and by far – Andy Reid is the the best coach in the conference. All the other teams got better, and I don't feel like the Chiefs got better on paper. But with, like I said, with those two, you can never count them out. So, um, what did you think about the? I don't know if you got a chance to watch the Deshaun Watson presser. Unfortunately, yes, I did take the time okay. to watch that. What What did you think? Um. All right, so we all know I've I've made it clear from the get go. A, I am not a Deshaun Watson fan, and it has nothing nothing to do with his legal trouble. I don't like the way he conducts himself. Um, and this was another example. The way he talked about everything, the just I don't know the lack of remorse. Period. Um, it just no ownership whatsoever of yeah. anything that has transpired, you know, in the gap that will now be, you know, his playing career. I just, it's just more of the same for me. I'm, I'm very disappointed in how he conducts himself. I'm glad that Pittsburgh was not in on this. I'm glad that we chose not to go after him. Um, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a very, uh, just a very vacant presser. Like it was all show. It was, I don't know. Just wasn't a fan. And I remain not a fan of Deshaun Watson, I guess. It's fair. Um, I think the one thing that they, him and his lawyer have constantly said is we're not taking ownership of this stuff because it didn't happen, essentially. So they're just completely dismissing everything that has transpired. You know, the 22 cases, all that. Uh, it looks like he will probably get away with whatever has happened because they decided not to uh, pursue any legal, at least we'll in see the what civil court does. But I mean, as it, far as, you know, civil, I mean, criminal, criminal charges aren't going to happen. So yep. at the, you know, the end of this investigation, we still may see something come out, but if he decides to do the civil lawsuits and settle those, He'll basically pay them and they'll have to sign uh, the DNRs. So we'll never hear anything about it. Which, which I, I, I expected all that from him. But again, all my issues stem from, I mean, what he did to that Houston locker room. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the stuff that I wanted to see. Well, that's the, not necessarily addressed, but I wanted to see how he was moving forward as a player even. Yeah. And I'm just, yeah. I don't know. That's the football side of it. So I I even hold that like to the side because I feel like the way that this was went about, I feel like Cleveland should have said, we're not going to make a trade until all these civil lawsuits are settled or, or gone away. Like, why could we not let that stuff get out of the way first before we're just saying, Oh, we did our research. We're we're happy with it. Well, uh, we're going to go ahead and give him, and that's we're going to give him five years, two hundred thirty million. That's how good we feel about it. 
Like that is well, yeah. absolutely bonkers and it's so ass backwards. That, yeah, it's not even just that the trade happened. It's that, I mean, that it, a completely guaranteed contract after yeah. this. It's just, I, it's just horrible, horrible handling. Well, and then they set him up with that. The first year is only base salary of one million, and that's what he'll get fined on if he misses any game. So even that part is just making a joke of the whole system. Like. The Browns completely sold their soul for Deshaun Watson, and I don't know that he's worthy of that. You know, I I know everyone has made some mistakes in their life and whatever, but if you listen to, I can't remember who was on, I think it was one of the former USC quarterbacks, I can't remember if it was Matt Leinert or Mark Sanchez, but one of them said, hey, I um, I had one physical therapist my entire career. Once you find the one that you you like the massage massage therapist physical therapist like you only get you only use that one because that's the one you trust you see tom brady he had that uh the guy that he started the tv 12 method with he's had him his whole career alex guerrero and you know he basically made it a contract thing if he if the team's not willing to let alex guerrero in the locker room then he's not signing his contract so um that's the whole strange thing about this is that he's meeting these people on Instagram and, you know, there's 40 of them over his eight years in Houston and he's not just sticking with one. And his excuse for that was, well, you know, some people have different booking times available and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, when you're a high, yeah, if you're a high paid athlete, you find the massage therapist that you like. That's the one you pay. And they're on your payroll, not you don't book around them. Their schedules, they book around yours. This is what I mean. Just every so, just how he carries himself. I just I'm so glad I have no part of that. I would be so upset if a player like that was it's not even just that he was brought in, it's that he's basically being rewarded. Yeah. And it's very frustrating because it's going to set a precedence because you already have a group of kids that come into the league that have oftentimes never faced consequences for things. And this is just painting a very ugly picture. So, yeah, I'm still a Deshaun Watson hater. (laughs) Yeah. More now that he's a Brown, but well, and this is much further than football. I can't say that I was a Deshaun Watson hater, but. Like this has definitely shined a, a pretty dark light on him and, and the Browns franchise, quite frankly. So I've already seen some people say that they're canceling their season tickets with the Browns because of this. And, and I applaud them. Uh, and like I said, if he's completely found to be scotch free, you know, then I'll, I'll walk that back. But where there's smoke, there's often fire and, I, I just yeah. feel like there's way too much smoke for there not to be something there with Deshaun Watson. And quite frankly, I mean, if one positive thing has come of this is I think all quarterback contracts are going to be fully guaranteed going forward. And I mean, for your team, that's not necessarily a great thing if you sign a quarterback long-term and they get hurt or something like that. But as I've made clear, quite clear for the entire time we've been doing this podcast, I'm pro player in almost every way I could be. So I think this is a, a net positive, at least for the quarterbacks and I was gonna probably say, only, position players. The only part that scares me a little bit is the other players and how that's mm-hmm. going to affect careers and contracts. And we'll see. But I, I definitely, definitely agree that 
um, at the quarterback position that guarantee, and it's going to change a lot of the deals that quarterbacks accept. Maybe it'll slow down this, you know, crazy, um, you know, continually growing salaries if more guaranteed money is used as opposed to just bumping the salary up every single time. But I don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. See, and I think that's probably going to be one of the positives is you'll see teams a lot more willing to use that as a leverage piece. So, yeah, well, if the, if the money's all the same, who's going to guarantee most? And that, that'll be the leverage piece rather than having to keep going up and up and up and fighting against the, the salary cap. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, I not a huge fan of that trade. Definitely not a fan of the timing because I feel like they could have waited until everything was sorted out. He's had a year and a half to, to sort all this stuff out and get his legal stuff wrapped up and it's still lingering. In it's fact, crazy. I heard there was a new case brought up in a different jurisdiction recently. So I don't, I don't know what come, what will come of that, but it's just, like I said, when there's smoke, there's typically fire and there's a lot of smoke coming out of Deshaun Watson. So um, do you want to run through the list of free agents that are yeah, still available? It's just like I was, I was talking to you about it the other day. Just, it's crazy to me because the list of players that are still available as free agents, honestly, is a of a higher class than some full off seasons that we've seen in the past. And we've had a pretty active free agency. So, um, uh, Honey Badger, um, Odell Beckham Jr., Stephon Gilmore, uh, Bobby Wagner. I thought he was going to get gobbled up real quick. Um, Jerry Hughes, Jarvis Landry. And there are a ton of offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And this isn't just roster spot players. I mean, this this is high-quality players that are going to be available. I mean, yep. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with, you know, the longer this goes on, you'll probably end up getting them cheaper. Um, in some cases, I think with Honey Badger, that's not the case. Um, Matthew's going to get probably a good contract wherever he goes. But, um I don't know. It's just, it's really crazy to me that there's this much talent not on a roster right now. It'll be very interesting to see where all these guys end up. Cause it could much like your AFC West, how that division literally, you know, took a large dose of steroids overnight and they're unreal now. I mean, you could see some of these players completely change another division depending on how it lands. So yeah, I don't know. Kind of exciting. Well, and I almost think that Bobby Wagner's just waiting for someone in the division to offer him the See, highest I, contract. I said that when he, you know, was shown the door, so to speak. He, he, to be done like that after you've been the staple of a defense and just the rock that kept that defense together for ten years. I want him to go to. I want him to go to like San Francisco, somebody that's just gonna fucking clobber him over and over and over. Yep. It'd just be glorious. I really think that's what he's waiting for is <laughs> Rams, Cardinals, or 49ers, one of those guys to just give him the best offer so he can play him twice a year. And, and I think they're pee. willing. I think someone in division is going to be – I mean, that's going to be the date. Oh, yeah. I mean, in heaven. they've seen him play over the last 10 years. They they know what he's capable of. So I, I'm sure that's who he's waiting for, and I'm sure the Rams and other teams are lining up to sign him. And he's just going to say, 
just wait it out and and whoever gives him the best offer that's well where he'll be and i think some of these guys might also be doing the the veteran move where they wait until camp starts so they can miss a couple weeks of camp and not have to <laughs> yeah. go through that and then they and sign the contract so they can basically just start playing start playing games yep but i i did see uh the honey badger max crosby said fun fact <laughs> honey badgers are silver and black and then he did the little eye emoji so i don't know if that's some kind of hint that it might be happening or if it's just him trying to recruit or what but mad max keep keep recruiting if that's what you're I, doing i will friend. say this i mean that brings up a very good point it it's crazy how much of that I mean, we live in such a time of, you know, social media and stuff, and it's constantly happening, obviously, players talking to each other. But I do always wonder how much of that influences decisions. You know, I mean, people want to be wanted. I mean, it's yeah. human nature. But I always wonder how much of that, you know, plays into it. It's it, it's an interesting dynamic um, to free agency and things when you got these players with these you know twitter comments at each other and whatnot but what's the what's the linebacker from the colts leonard right uh darius uh darius leonard yeah yeah darius leonard he's been going nuts on twitter and he's been striking out a lot so i don't know how much it it means but i hope mad max has a little more influence with that hundred million dollar contract he got i uh the other one that I laughed at, and I can't remember who who it was. Um, I'm pretty sure it was somebody on the Chiefs trying to recruit one of Lamar Jackson's wide receivers. And I can't remember who it was, but Lamar Jackson got on there a couple posts down, and all he wrote was, nope. <laughs> that was us. Was that you? Yeah. We were trying to get Calais Campbell. I can't remember who. I think it was Yannick oh, Ngakwe was, was trying to get. Wide receivers. Oh, I, I don't know. Maybe he did that with someone else. But I remember Yannick, when free agency had just started, he was trying to get Calais Campbell to come to the Raiders. And Lamar Jackson said, nah, he looks better in purple. He's staying. Yeah, it's it's a so, fun dynamic, I guess. But, yeah, it definitely brings life to it. And I, like, like you said, I'm sure it plays some part, but probably not a huge part. Just let like to let the players know. We'd like to have you here if you'd come. So, but speaking of uh, some free agents, baseball is still cranking away with the free agency. Uh, Spring training, you got all the trades happening. The A's have made some signings and they haven't traded away some of the guys that I thought that they would have by now. So that's great. That's why I'm wearing this. If they had made some of those trades, I'd probably be wearing Raiders right now. But anyway. They, a couple of the moves that they did make, they brought back Stephen Vogt, and I, for one, believe in Stephen Vogt. And I saw the kid, I seen it. (laughs) And Jed Lowry brought him back. Both of those contracts were under a million dollars of guaranteed money with some incentives that could bring them up to a million dollars. So, uh, good good deals. I think Stephen Vogt is one of those veteran voices you love to have in the locker room. The guys really respect him. He won a World Series with Atlanta last year, but he unfortunately got hurt right before the playoffs started, or I can't remember if it was right at the beginning of the playoffs. So he missed out on actually playing in those games. 
but he did get his ring. Um, and he brings that veteran leadership. He was with the A's. He, he was on two back-to-back uh, all-star teams with the A's. I think it was 2013, 2014. And then the ageless Jed Lowry, he can't play for any other team. But when he plays for the A's, he's always healthy and he's always hitting doubles. So love the signings. At least it makes the team a little more interesting if we're not going to be that great uh, to have those guys there. Like I said, the veteran leadership to help bring up some of these younger guys. We've got uh, Kevin Smith that came over in the uh, Chapman trade. He looks like he'll probably be our our day one starter at third base. Uh, We brought back uh, Billy McKinney, which was our first overall or not first overall, but first round pick back in 2013. He'll probably be him or Thames will probably be our first baseman slash DH somewhere in there. And then we've got some field prospects that look somewhat exciting. And we've got uh, Pache. He came over in the Olsen trade that he'll probably be our starting center fielder. And then Seth Brown, I'm super fired up for him to get a full season where he'll be starting in the, in the lineup every day because that kid hit like 20 home runs last year in very limited at bats. Yeah. So with him getting some consistent at bats and getting baked in there instead of having to play every third day or whatever it was last year, I feel like he can take a big jump. So uh, between him and, and uh, whenever Loriano gets back, I think he's still got 27 games on his suspension. And then we have uh, Chad Pinder that will be getting a lot more consistent playing time. He's been our utility guy that kind of just plays all over the field. I think he'll be starting a lot in left field and, and staying there unless we need unless someone gets hurt. Uh, the, the one downside is we did trade for Elvis Andrews last year, and he had a down year. I think he only hit like just under 200 or right at 200. And I think he's kind of – holding up the development of some of our shortstops that seem to be pretty close to ready, if not ready, like Nick Allen. Uh, he, in fact, just got sent down to the AAA camp. So Elvis Andrews is making $15 million this year and by far the highest paid A. I think that comes out to a quarter of our payroll. So yeah. I'd love to see him get traded away and get some of these other young guys that are close to ready some playing time, but I don't think anyone's willing to take on 15 million for a not starter level shortstop. And I think he's even got one more year on his deal. So that's, that was a really rough trade for us. Um, But what, how are your buckos looking? Um, Man, it's a lot. I always say this, but it's more of the same. Um, Obviously our, our farm clubs are, you know, top of the league. Um, it's really been fun. There's a lot of really good, uh, young guys. Um, the one I keep sending you videos of O'Neill yep. Cruz is the one I'm the most excited about, but even he, I think will be with, uh, um, he'll be down triple a this season. Still, he might get pulled up later, but, uh, we, we have a lot of really young guys that I think are going to be exciting over the next couple of years. So there's a ton of optimism. Um, but then there's the just, never ending frustration with our ownership. Yep. Um, you know, you were listing some of your, you know, starters that, you know, already, we literally only have two <laughs> and that's, I mean, Brian Reynolds will be in center field and Cabrian Hayes will be at third. 
Um, even our starting pitching lineup, it's all very young. Um, yeah. So to the frustrating part, Brian Reynolds, obviously, you know, he started the all-star game last year um, and he's playing off basically the league minimum. Um, the man deserves a contract. He wanted, I, I believe it's 4.9 mil and the the pirates countered with 4.2 you know give or take some numbers there it's basically 650k apart even at reynolds ask of 4.9 that's less than what he should be paid and so that's the very frustrating part is he had offered a friendly um you know deal to the team as well and still they just they got they tried to they tried to work it out once and said, okay, we'll just go to arbitration. So yeah, um, I'm very frustrated because regardless of how it works out, he'll end up with a new contract. He's going to get paid a little better. There's all that. But these are the kind of moves that make your players look Not want to come back. Yeah. I mean, we have, I think, four more years of arbitration with him. Yep. Well, guess what? If it's like this every time, you know, or any time he's got to do anything with the club, I wouldn't want to be here either. So I'm very frustrated because, and we'll get into some of it when I get to my worst of the week, but um, I'm just very frustrated because you have a whole team that you don't have to pay like this. We're rebuilding. Yep. Um, even the veterans we're bringing in, they're on the tail end of their careers. They're coming in for leadership. We're not paying players a lot of money. So when you get somebody like Brian Reynolds, like let's open up the checkbook. And the other side of it is I'm a huge Ben Sherrington fan, but this is exactly what I was very concerned would happen. Ben Sherrington wants to win. He wants to yep. build a good team through the draft, through the farm clubs. He wants to build. But there's going to come a point in time, and now we're starting to get to it, where Nuttig and him are just not going to see eye to eye. And at the end of the day, it's not Sherrington's call. He gets to work with the money he gets to work with. Yep. So I'm a little frustrated with all that. But other than that, the actual games themselves, um, you know, I mean, it's spring training. Early in the games, we've hung in really well. Um, the young guys are playing really good. When we start, you know, testing people out, pitching and stuff, the games can get ahead or get away from us a little bit, which is expected. Um, other than that, I mean, it's it's been a good spring. Um, I'm pretty happy with what we got. I'm just a little little concerned about where we'll be, you know, a year or two from now. Yeah. And unfortunately, arbitration's nature of the beast. I mean, obviously you're talking about 630 this year, which next year's arbitration, that's going to turn into probably double that. So yeah. that's why they're splitting hairs there. But like I said, I'm pro player, so I'm for them getting every every last time they can. And that's one thing that that uh, new arbitra or pre-arbitration pool will help with is players like him that way outperform their contracts. They'll they'll get some of that bonus money that they weren't eligible to get in the last few years. So that'll at least help those players. It won't help uh, Reynolds at this point because he is arbitration eligible now. But yeah. going forward, those type of players on your team will get some of that money. So. Um, especially since you you guys are bound to have some some of those players hit with as many as you have in the farm system that are coming up. So, uh, I think a couple things that I failed to mention was definitely our starting rotation. Um, 
I did mention that they didn't trade Montas or Manaya, which is fantastic news for us. Uh, but they did have to shut down Honeycutt today. He was projected to be in the rotation, but he had some elbow soreness, which is never a great thing for a starting pitcher. Oftentimes that leads to uh, the – why am I blanking right now? UCL. Tommy Johns. There we Tommy go. John. Jesus. Tommy John surgery. So uh, that always is the, the scare, especially when they say, yeah, we're going to shut him down for two weeks and reevaluate. Well, typically if you're shutting down for two weeks and then rent, trying to ramp back up, that's when you start to get even more tears. So hopefully it's nothing major. Hopefully it's just the short spring training and trying to ramp up too quick. Hopefully it's just a little, just general soreness and, and he can get back into those talks. Cause right now, I don't know who else is going to back in that rotation. We've got Caprillion that's also shut down. Um, and it said, I think they said he might be a month behind schedule at this point. So might be looking at late April, early May before he's back. And then we have Irvin that's probably going to slot in as our third third uh, starter. He did add a, a cut a cutter to his to his pitch arsenal this offseason, and it looks pretty good, at least what we've seen in spring training so far. Um, and then you have um, Bradburn. He pitched today. He looked pretty good. Uh, the the uh, bullpen. Excuse me. We can't call it the bullpen anymore because Peter says that's offensive. So I think it's now the arm barn. Oh, geez. That doesn't even <laughs> sound right. I don't like it. Anyway, uh our, our bullpen is looking very, very suspect. And that, that was one concern. Last year, we spent $11 million on Trevor Rosenthal, and he didn't throw a pitch for us in, in a regular season game. So I think they were probably scorned by that and didn't want to spend any more money on big-name free agents. But quite honestly, they haven't done much to add to our bullpen. So that might be a – it was a weakness last year, and I think it's going to be even more highlighted since they didn't bring back Sergio Romo and and uh, oh, I can't remember the other guys that left. But basically, they didn't bring anyone back from our bullpen, um, and it's going to be hard. I think that's going to be the downfall of this team. Um, we don't have a ton of hitting, and we don't have a good bullpen. So, not a good combo. I, I don't think we're going to lose as many games as you guys are. I think that's uh, probably safe to assume. Because <laughs> I think we're at least trying. Uh, if we fall out of the race pretty quick, then I think you might see the Montas and Mania trades towards the trade yeah. deadline this season. So that's the thing that scares me. I, I hope we're at least in contention so they, they hang on to those guys. Uh, I think Mania is probably as good as gone because he's going $10 million against the salary right now or against the payroll, but um, yeah, no, I, I'm cautious, cautiously optimistic towards this season that it's not going to be the complete dumpster fire. I thought it was going to be with the trades. Of I know. I know. I'm happy to hear you at least a little more optimistic than, yeah. you know, say, well, we've been texting. Up. I've just been saying everyone's <laughs> ass. This team's garbage. Just yeah. shut it down. But I think, like I said, the the Tony or not Tony Kemp, Tony Kemp's one of the guys that I'm looking forward to to see how they do. But the the Jed Lowry edition, Stephen Vote edition, at least tells me that they're they're going to try to compete. 
They also signed uh, Sheldon Noisy off of waivers or picked him up off of waivers. So he'll he'll be a contributor as well. The A lot of these moves that they've made that, you know, probably shouldn't help, you know, grabbing someone off waivers. I think they're really going to help this team to at least compete. And I don't think the Mariners is, are as good as they were last year. I think that was kind of an outlier. We lost to them, I think, 10 times. No, I think it was actually like 14 times. And we only beat them five. So I think that's going to come back more to the mean. Um, picking up some of those games should help help us not lose 100 games at least. I'm thinking we'll be a lot closer to 500 than most people are picking us to be. So um, anything else you wanted to talk about baseball-wise? I know there's a couple news and notes that we'll get to real quick. but um, I mean, not really. Just a few of the big – you know, big signings, I guess, big moves. The the two big ones, um, for me at least, was Trevor Story going to the Red Sox. Um, he's going to be very happy there. That's They got a pretty pretty good batting lineup there now. Um, that'll be interesting to see. Uh, and I think he moved position as well. He's not playing yeah. shortstop. I think he's second base. But um, Yeah, that's why I hated that move. Like, yeah. he's – He's a very good defensive shortstop, and yes, obviously Xander Xander Bogarts is great too. But that's why I thought that move it it at least made me scratch my head a little bit because I feel like there was probably better options out there. But well, I think it's probably money and ability to compete. Uh, yeah, you know, obviously. And then the other one, this is more just a feel good story than anything. Um, it's definitely going to be um, Albert Pujols last season. He came out and said which is good. Um, but for him to sign a one-year contract with the Cardinals to go out there is pretty special. Um, yeah. If at the very least this was for the fans, because he's going to be a part-time player for sure. Um, well, the DH, I think he'll probably be yeah. there every day DH, depending on how he That's performs. True. That, that could be part of it. But um, it's just one of those things. This is, this is a move that you would hope your team, your ownership would make for a player of his – you know, caliber and what he's meant to your organization. So yeah. um, that's a win for, you know, fans in St. Louis, as far as I'm concerned. So that, I thought that was very cool, very cool story yeah. to break. He got, he got introduced at spring training to the Cardinals fans. And it was, it was really, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was almost brought ch chills to you how, how right it felt. And obviously is one of his best friends on the planet is Yadier Molina. So getting to finish, last year with him with the Cardinals Yadier is also going to retire they'll both be inducted into the Hall of Fame same year um, as soon as they're eligible so good to see that and then a couple other signings uh, you had Carlos Correa signing with the Twins on a three-year deal I think the average annual value on that was 35 million uh, it's a three-year deal but it does have opt-outs after each season so if Carlos doesn't like the fit or if he feels like he can get a better deal somewhere else there, there are those opt outs for him. So that's, I think it was a pretty surprising move for me just because the twins are kind of half in half out. Uh, they traded away Josh Johnson to, to make room for this contract essentially, but they also uh, signed Sonny Gray. I still feel like oh, they're yeah. probably a starter away from seriously competing, but their division is so weak that, you know, adding a Carlos Correa and adding Sonny Gray might be enough to move the needle for them where they're itching for a playoff spot. And then you had, I think the only, oh, 
Chris Bryant signed with the the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, so that was quite I think surprising for me. I think I that's a move that says money is the only thing that matters <laughs> to me in this in this because I'm not uh, getting another big deal. So I'm glad you said it. Oh man, like um, God. the the Rockies are paying Nolan Arenado. 50 million to trade him away, but they're willing to sign Chris Bryant and free agents. It's, it's just the bad very thing. first thing that I thought of because obviously the, the fans there absolutely, absolutely loved, uh, uh, loved him. And then for them to ship him out and then do, I just, whatever, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't even put that one in the notes, but it, I just remembered it. And I was just yeah. like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? You guys signed like, it doesn't make any sense. They're not um, trying to compete. So why pay one guy? Like they're trying to put half your seats. payroll. That's it. But, I mean, I guess, I don't know if he's going to be a huge trial when they're only winning 60 games, but you know, teach <laughs> their own without, I guess. Uh, and the, only then, other... the other, Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, last note that I had for MLB is Dave Roberts of the Dodgers got finally got his well-deserved three-year extension. So, uh, the only thing I was going to add, and I just it made me laugh the way, um, and I think it was an article, but the way it was written made me laugh, and I, I can't even remember exactly what it was, but uh, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, they said that Max Scherzer relieving Degrom is the most broken <laughs> um, uh, lineup and shouldn't be like, somehow it should be against the rule book or there needs to be something done. And it just made me laugh because I don't know if you were, if you watched any of that. Oh yeah. It was ridiculous. Like the grounds must watch baseball. Like well, I don't care sure. if you like baseball, if you watch that guy pitch, and then to yeah, to be followed up by Max Scherzer, right. that's you know, absolutely like, okay, cool. He's he's hit his pitch count. Let's get him out of here, and then out comes you know, Ol Scherzer, and it's like, no. <laughs> well, and Ol Scherzer's a damn robot. The guy's oh, throwing freaking six innings in spring training, like first start out there. It's I ridiculous. can honestly say right now he may be my favorite player in all of baseball. Um, between his his attitude, his antics, and then obviously his play, um, yeah, <laughs> I just still can't believe they got him. It's bullshit. And they have Chris Bassett. <laughs> like, I know. are you kidding me? I just uh, the rich I, get richer, my dude. Like, I still think the Dodgers have the most well-rounded roster, and they should. Right. They're spending, you know, three hundred million with adding Freddie Freeman. I think a lot of that money is deferred, so that's how they're keeping their payroll down, at least some. Um, but between the Mets and the Dodgers, like I feel like if anyone else in the NL wins, it's going to be an absolute shocker. But Seriously. I mean, I mean, the Braves are still great. They won the World Series last year. They added Matt Olson. Obviously, they lost Freddie Freeman. But I feel like the Mets and the Dodgers are in the World Series or bust. And everyone oh, else is like, yeah, we'd like to make the playoffs, but <laughs> yeah. okay. So, oh, you've got, you've got a little hockey note in here. Oh man. Um, just a quick little note, but so obviously we're winding, we're, I think 15 games left in the season, give or take. Um, so we're in a very good spot. We're second right now in the East uh, or in the Metropolitan. Um we had a game 
the the game prior to the one I'm going to discuss against the Rangers. I don't know what the deal was from the first 10 seconds on the ice. I could tell you that everybody on the team was tired. Everybody looked horrible. Um, well, first five minutes of the game, we're down 3-0 to the New York Rangers, two goals of which were 18 seconds apart. That is not a norm for Pittsburgh hockey, not ever. Uh, we ended up losing the game. I don't even know. What, I think it might have been 5-1, five, five, something like that. Um, so it was, I don't want to say an embarrassment, but a wake-up call. It's it's definitely not Pittsburgh hockey. So coming into this game, it's against the Detroit Red Wings. And, yes, they're, you know, bottom two or three teams in the league right now. Um, we're expected to win this game. But when you come out and clobber a team 11-2, to two, this is the kind of response you want out of a team. This is the kind of response that a championship team, um, you know, provides. And so winning 11-2 was pretty impressive. Um, we just, everything we shot kept going in. It was unreal. It was, it was a beautiful game. Um, it's keeping us ahead of the Rangers who are actually chasing us. Um, we play them tomorrow again. So hopefully we'll get that one, but it's winding down. We're, all but a lock for the playoffs and uh, hopefully we can put a good season or good, good run together and go dancing with Stanley, but we'll see. When, when I saw this score, I was like, this must be a typo. Like they probably won or they probably lost one to two. I didn't even know you could score this many goals in a, it doesn't in a hockey happen game. very often, man. Yeah. Uh, like a, Insane. Uh, if Genny Malkin had a hat trick, I mean, everybody was just having a great day. That's so. yeah. I still remember seeing that the first time, and I was like, nah. I did the same thing. I was like, huh? Because I was actually at work, um, so I missed a good portion of it. But um, I came back and checked the score and was like, what happened? Well, my my point of the hockey season that I'm in, I actually turned off notifications for the Sharks games because – uh yeah it seems enough. like every night it's like oh yeah that wasn't a good yeah. wasn't a good one but all right well let's uh let's get to our best of the week worst of the week and and we'll finish it out strong here i'm gonna have you go first because i still have not come up <laughs> with the worst of the week um all right i'll do both of mine just to give you some time here but it's already discussed it a little bit my best of the week um so i talked about some of my frustrations with my front office uh, I'm, I'm picking the St. Louis Cardinals front office and what they did with, with Albert. Um, I can't say enough how big of a nod this is to the fans. And then obviously to Albert, um, this is the kind of moves you want to see your front office make when they can, obviously it's still a business, still competitive. Um, but he still brings something to the table. He's still an amazing player, even in his last season. So, um, I mean, kudos to them. I hate seeing them do well, <laughs> but I mean, I'm, I'm, I get respect is, you know, earned in this situation. So I'm going to the St. Louis Cardinals there. Uh, and then my worst, I've already touched on it a little bit. Uh, my front office, um, I absolutely love Ben Sherrington. I think what he's done in such a short amount of time is nothing short of a miracle. He's absolutely turned the the youth of the team around uh, with that being said though i think he's he's gonna be 
handicapped a little bit on what he's able to do moving forward because of how our owner acts. Uh, as a an example, I was looking up, you know, we were, we, me and Bill were comparing uh, team salaries earlier in the week, but the number I didn't have, which makes me feel even worse, obviously you show your top teams, they're in the, you know, 230s and up, um, you know, 230 mil for this, for the whole team. My pirates are sitting at the third lowest in the league with 37.8 million um, total salary for our players. So you're talking about 200 million splitting the gap between, you know, us and say one of the top five teams. The part that really struck me tonight <laughs> was I saw a, a new list or, a, a, you know, a different version of the list, but the league average right now is 134 million. So just to get to the league average, my team is a hundred million, you know, behind. And yep. does, does the money necessarily translate to, you know, wins and things? I get it. No, you have somebody like a Brian Reynolds. He's outperforming the contract, but that's the point. Um, it's, it's very frustrating. We have a, we have a long way to go. I wish, I wish that salary floor would get put in place so bad. Yeah. That, um, that was I a just, I don't know major letdown that that didn't even come up in the discussions for the new CBA. No. So, I mean, you know, still go pirates, but a little frustrated. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Okay. So my best of the week is going to be the, the Jed Lowry and Steven vote reunions with the A's. Like I said, I think it makes it a, makes them a better team instantly, but it also helps them with the, the leadership in that locker room, especially having so many young kids that are that are up and coming it's going to show them steven vote and jed lowry are both just consummate pros they have they're very helpful when it comes to telling talking to other players and saying hey this is how this is what i saw especially jed he's huge he could be he could be a hitting coach once he decides to call it a career which i think will probably be after this season but he's very insightful and he is always talking to the younger guys whoever will listen I mean, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman last year, they were glued to Jed and saying, what did you see there? You know, and, and Jed's always great about saying, this is what I saw. This is why I swung this, you know, this, they're tipping their pitches, whatever. I mean, Jed's just always been great at picking up those type of things and, and passing that knowledge on to the, to whoever will listen on the team. Um, and, and that's great. And then Stephen vote, we've got, we have tons of young catchers and talent down there. Uh, Sean Murphy is probably one of the best catchers in the league right now, and he's only two years pro. And then we traded for Shane Langliers. We have Austin Allen. So there's a ton of talent behind the plate, uh, and Stephen Vogt will definitely help those guys come up and, and be true true pros. My worst of the week is, is also um, similar to yours. I mean, we're only one spot ahead of you guys with $42 million instead of 37. So still not spending a lot. I'm kind of surprised ours is that low because like I said we have Elvis Andrews that's making 15 million. We have Manaya that's making 10. Uh and then you have some of the guys that are arbitration that have already settled like uh Pinder and and those. So I feel like those numbers are low, but maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> but anyway, Elvis Andrews contract is definitely a killer because like I said it's 
a fourth of our entire contract or our entire payroll. And it's, it's holding up the development of some of the guys below him that are ready to step up and contribute. And then A's ownership for sure. I mean, they went from spending, I want to say it was like 78 last year to 42 so far. And that's if they don't trade away anyone else, but not adding any any significant contributors and making the team better, especially in the bullpen. That's, that's going to undo our season. And like you said, you know, spending doesn't necessarily equate to wins because right now you have the Tampa Bay Rays at 76 million and they're figuring to be right at the top again of the league. So, um, but that's pretty sad. Tampa Bay Rays are double your spending. (laughs) Pretty close to doubling ours. And, they, so. and they're basically, I mean, you could say that the Rays are, you know, two or three years ahead of us in our process. Um, yeah. You know, basically we tried to emulate their, um, <laughs> you know, their farm program. And the difference is, is I, I don't know that we'll ever make it to 70. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, and that's where that salary floor would have really come in because, like you said, I mean, the Orioles are at $31 million. Yeah. Guardians, Pirates, and A's are all under 42 And then the Marlins take a jump up to 67 So, like, our teams and the, or the Guardians and the Orioles are just not spending money at all. Like, there's a clear gap between us four and the rest of the teams, like even the Marlins are a quote unquote poverty franchise and they're outspending us by 25 million. So that's just shocking. I mean, that shouldn't be allowed, especially when you have the Dodgers spending 275 million, (laughs) 275. Uh, Every time they sign another player, I'm just like, that must be so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you add up the bottom four teams and they still have less payroll than what the Dodgers are spending. It's absolutely bonkers. But anyway, on that note, I think I could stop crying about how my owner and your <laughs> owner don't spend money. And uh, we'll, we'll yeah. pod. thanks for coming on. Uh, any parting words? Uh, no, just outside of the usual. Uh, we'd love to hear from any of the, any of the fan base uh you know drop us any questions comments um on any of the platforms uh or just thanks for listening we're happy to do it all right with that we'll sign off thanks guys